yeah, we could do this, and then we'll talk in between. We're ready to start the uh, the show here. I'm ready to do whatever you want to do, big guy. All right, episode uh, two fifty six of the uh, Longbox Heroes After Dark. Is is it the Lamborghini of After Dark? No, no, it's just an Lamborghini of After Dark. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes. So we might be doing some stuff here. So I've been busy. Right. Uh, Because it was my kid's birthday this past week. Sure. So that took up, like, his birthday fell on a Saturday and his party was on a Sunday. So the whole weekend was uh, his birthday stuff, which is fine. You know, he's allowed to have two days spent on his birthday. Mm -hmm. He's eight. Birthday week. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, birthday week. But he did say he wished, uh, he did say this morning that he wished that uh, his birthday could be, like, not every day, but just once a month at the end of the month. Not a bad, not a bad racket. I guess. This kid's life is a birthday. Wow. I mean, when he has two swinging parents like he does. Oh, yeah. Everything's a go. parents. That's right. I saw some of the photos. Did you do the big slide? Did you go down the slide, big man? No, no. Um, so we had the party at some pumpkin patch, some farm Ugh. in Sugarloaf, mm. Maylath Farm. Never heard of it. Heard of Sugarloaf, never heard uh-huh. of the farm. And, uh, I was just kind of more on staying out of the way duty and doing what I'm told duty. Because my wife takes a lot of responsibility upon herself for these sort of things. Right. Did she bake the cake? No. So this is the thing. So uh, my kid wanted a giant cookie pie for his birthday. Okay. Where it's essentially just take a, uh, like, you know, you you get the pre-made chocolate chip cookie dough deal. Right. And you fashion that into, like, a pizza pie. And then you put, like, peanut butter down in the middle. Mm -hmm. And then you put M&Ms in it. And then you cut that up like it's a giant pizza. Nice. Or a pizza, right? Right, right. So that's what he wants. Because he doesn't like icing. He doesn't want a cake. April's like, fine, I can do this. this. This seems easy enough. We send out the invitations to way too many people, and no one says no. Like, everyone shows up. Right. Mine got lost. Right. You got invited to the first one when he was just a baby. Yeah, that's right. When he wouldn't care. That's what I like. Right. So, like, this time, it's like, ah, you know, he's got a lot of friends that he's made, and they take precedence over pretty much everyone else. I know. I'm only busting a joke. So we get this list of all the people that have RSVP'd, which is everyone. So April's like, okay, now i got to make three of those uh, chocolate chip cookies, right? Right. And then they go to Carvel one day when I'm not here, which is fine. You know, I don't need the temptation. And Mm -hmm. he sees that they have a Carvel ice cream cake with Pikachu on it. Oh, no. So he's like, I want that, too. So he gets that, too. Wow. Oh, my God. Three peanut butter or three uh, chocolate chip pies and a Pikachu cake. What I would have done was I would have made instead of a instead of a chocolate chip pizza, I would have took two of them and slapped them together and made a chocolate chip calzone. 
That's what you should have did. Like flopped one upside down on the other one. Right. But so that's we had like a full peanut butter chocolate chip cookie thing left over of the three. Right. Plus we had like a third of the large uh Carvel cake. Have you ever seen a Carvel cake? You know? Oh, I know. I love please tell me it had the, the ants in the middle. Yeah, the uh, ants. Uh, <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, Did you know, have you been to a Carvel lately? Are there Carvels still around in your neck of the woods? No. The last Carvel, and I haven't been in the Dirt Mall, the Steamtown Dirt Mall, mm-hmm. that's where they had one. They had, like, just, like, you could get, like, a few, like, you could get cakes and, like, you know, a Sunday or something like that. Yeah, that ain't but there it, no more. Right. Then I have no idea where the nearest Carvel is after that. Obviously, you can get Carvel cakes in my local store and stuff like that, but that's it. That ain't the same. Right. But we have one here nearby where I live within walking distance, right? Oh, okay. So that's where they go. But um, remember the one that used to be in Southside, South Scranton? Yes, down by the bowling alley. Yep, yep. Down in that little, down in the uh, Southside shopping center. Right. We had one uh, right up two blocks from my house for years. And then, you know, it stopped being Carvel and they ripped all the Carvel stuff down. And then it just became, you know, generic ice cream place that used all the same ingredients. You know what I mean? Like they still had the machines and everything. Right. But uh, and then they would just buy the Carvel cakes and have them in the freezer there. So it was it was all like generic and that lasted. Now it got torn down and it's going to be a used tire place. So that makes me happy. As well, it should. Mm-hmm. Oh. So I'm attempting to find uh, more Carvels than just the one around here, and I'm not having a lot of luck with it. All right. Tom Carvel's rolling over in his grave. They need to team up with... Uh... Cinnabon? No, they need to team up with Arthur Treacher's. Oh, there you go. You just never leave. Mm. You just be like, serve me... Fish and chips for breakfast, cake or ice cream for lunch, fish and chips again for dinner. So in a sad state of affairs, right? Mm -hmm. I look up uh, Carvel locations. (laughs) There claims to be over 400 franchises in 24 states. Right. But uh, this would lead me to believe otherwise. How many are left in Pennsylvania? Uh, six. Four. I was close. Uh-huh. So you got the Wilkes-Barre one. You got one in Washington, Pennsylvania. Right. Uh, you got one in Reading, Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. And you got one, I don't even know where Washington, Washington feels. Now, okay, now, uh... Washington, PA, quote unquote, is the Tangier Outlets in Pittsburgh. I was just going to say, there's got to be one in Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. Okay. Or on the outskirts or something. Right. No cakes at that one. Oh. Then there's one uh, at the Shoppers Village in Bethlehem. I know where that is, actually, in my travels. And then there's one on uh, Fifth Street Highway in Reading. I don't know where that one is. And those two, along with the Wilkes-Barre ones, are full-service ones. Damn straight Wilkes-Barre's got the full-service one. Right. But where I'm going with this is, when you go there, 
as you call them, you can get the ants like on your Sunday or whatever. Fantastic. Yes. I remember being at one of my friends, you know, kid's birthday and one of my other friends brought his kids and I was telling them that they were actually ants and they were freaking out and stuff. It's like when you crunch, you're biting into ants. Of course, I got those kids all wound up and sent them home with their parents. That's right. my that's my goal in life. My work here is done. Mm-hmm. Sugar <laughs> and, you know, extra energy and goodbye. Mm-hmm. So, uh, party went well. He got a ton of crap. All of his little friends were there. Lots and lots of things. We spent way too much money on the party mm-hmm. in and of itself. And... Uh, yeah, you know, every year my wife says, no more, we're going to do something smaller, and it never happens. <laughs> Shocking. Uh-huh. You know what you should have did with them? Oh, let them run free out into the woods and <laughs> drove away as quick as we can. What? There, yes, yes, yes. Where's Asa? He's living happily on a farm somewhere. As long as he had a Wi-Fi signal and a place to plug his new tablet in, I think you'd be good to go. Good to go, good to go. You should have took them to one of those McDonald's parties. You should have. Could have got one they of them They don't do there. parties at McDonald's no more. What? Oh, that's because the McRib's going on. You don't want kids getting in the way. Mm-hmm. Delicious, delicious McRib's going on, Joe. I was going to stop for one today. I may stop for one on Thursday. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, man, I was driving to go meet uh, the fancy gentleman <laughs> for wrestling on uh on on friday and i had some time to kill right uh so i'm driving and i see in the pittston area that there's a mcdonald's and it says right in the side <laughs> we have the mcrib and i'm like oh I, I i'll give the mcrib a whirl mm-hmm. have you ever and had one before i've had i probably haven't had a mcrib in 23 years wow that's a mcrib drought when i used to work at mcdonald's uh i've probably talked about these uh on the show but i would do my own food hacks right you were you told me right right so uh but one of the one of the big ones was when we would have the mcrib and i would make make the joe which was one (laughs) quarter pounder patty uh two regular patties (laughs) and five pieces of bacon yeah, the clogger. The clogger. <laughs> if, if you could find a greasier sandwich here in Mexico. Oh, my goodness. That's from the Simpsons movie. Oh, it is. Yeah, well, that's where Homer got the pig because he was at the Krusty Burger when they were making the commercial for the for the Krusty Clogger. And that always makes me laugh when anybody m- mentions like a terrible sandwich. And I'm like, the clogger, if you could find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. So when we would have the McRib, I would then dunk like the, the meat patties in the McRib barbecue sauce. Oh, you health nut, you. Yeah, well, that's how I got my sleek physique, you know? That's right. You're a slender reed. <laughs> But I had the McRibs then, and, you know, I would get the McRibs with, you know, I would throw, like, you would have them, you'd put them on the grill, but I would ta- I would always let them sit a little bit longer to get them a little bit more brown. That's right. Leave them out in the back in the sun for the secret sauce? No, that's the mayonnaise. Oh, that's right. But what you would do is, the way that the McRibs were, and I'm, I'm sure are prepared, 
currently is you would throw them onto the grills, the McDonald's grills, and I think you would throw them down like six at a time, right? Right. And you throw them down to the grill, whatever the timer was, you'd set the dial on the top for McRib. <laughs> like, is these? have you ever been in a McDonald's? Have you ever seen, like, how those industrial uh, a, a grills bit. worked? I, a bit. Like, I could see in the back, but I've never been in the back, you know, adjusting the settings, if you will. Right. So what you would do is, after they were done cooking, is you would throw them in... Like a, like a vat of the barbecue sauce, and they would just kind of simmer in their own juices in the barbecue sauce Delicious. until it was time to be put on a thawed br- bun. Right. And serve to the person. You would put onions and pickles on them, right? hmm So I would cook mine. I'd let it cook a little bit more on the grill so it'd be a little bit more brown. Right. Crunchy. And I wouldn't dunk it in the full barbecue sauce. I would give it a liberal coating i wouldn't let it because when it's sitting in the barbecue sauce for so long you're tasting more of the barbecue sauce than you are of the pig anus that they're made of (laughs) right so you're saying more of a slather than a dunking yes okay just making sure right and so when i went to the mcdonald's on friday and i said i would like the mcrib that you're advertising on your sign please i have this money and they're like, oh, we don't have them. And I'm like, but the sign says you have them. And then she turns around to like a, a more supervisorily ma- looking lady and says, we don't have the McRibs, do we? And she goes, we do, but the buns aren't thawed. Oh. <laughs> and I should have, I wasn't thinking, I would have said, I should have said, I don't want the buns. I just want me the McRib. Charge mm-hmm. me the price for the McRib. Put the meat in the thing, and go from there. But I'm going to assume that they are on whatever process it is to thaw these buns. That they're like, well, we don't, the buns aren't thawed, so we're not going to make any, right? Mm-hmm. So I was very upset about that. Well, mine was absolutely fine. <laughs> and I, oh, got, okay. I got mine, it was all, the buns were warm, lots of, more of a dunking than a slathering on this right? one. And plenty of onions and pickles, and I was good to go. Yeah, see, I, I, I'll, I'll give you the onions. I say no pickles for me. I love pickles, man. So good, so good. I love pickles on just about anything. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I was, I was like, mm, I'm coming home from the comic shop from doing the pull list, and I'm like, what do I want to eat? I have my, my, my schedule uh, set out because you know I didn't want to get too many groceries with me kind of going the way, going away a little bit for the weekend. I'm like, all right, well, I got soup for one night. I got this. I'm like, you know what? A McRib with a nice thawed bun. I think I'll go get that. And they were more than happy to oblige. So, so hey, just real quick, I want to ask you about the Jocker movie. Okay. But before we do, I went to go see uh, the Adams Family movie. How was that? The new animated movie? Yep. I slept through most of it, but what I saw, I enjoyed. <laughs> well, it was no uh, Adams Family, the pinball machine, is what you're saying? No, that is the benchmark uh, for which all Adams Family content is judged by. Oh, by the way, I just want to throw this out there and then we can go on to the Joker. Did you did you see the bar that's opening up in Scranton and Restaurant? Yeah. Now, I was conf- I was confused because, because you- I the, the their Facebook postings 
made it seem as though they were already open. And then I just saw a post recently, maybe over the weekend, that said opening soon. Right, right. And they're like, they're like Bar Tari. Yes, it's like Tari. Right, but, uh, right. Um, not to be confused with any green wrestlers, but uh, so yeah, th- that's opening up soon. And they have a bunch of pinball machines. That's why I was like, I think I know where I might be drinking a few nights a week. Yes. But uh, we'll have to we'll have to go. I know they're gonna have an ACDC pinball machine, so I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull the stool up to that and tell everybody to get the fuck out the way. I'm gonna do that. But yeah, so I saw. I was just like, that's really cool. But yeah, I went to see the Joker with uh with the Summer U and the guy who knows more about wrestling than anybody, Ralph. So it was it was all right. Everybody everybody's making it. What? I'm sorry. What that sigh needs to be on the poster. It was <laughs> all right. <laughs> um, Longbox Hero says, um, but you know the definition of the unreliable narrator. Yes, this is the poster child for the un- unreliable narrator. It's like he he's he has this thing where he laughs uh, because he has trauma or head injuries. It's not really. Like it's kind of explained later on in the movie, but as it goes on, his treatment is pulled and he's losing his medication. And as, as it goes on more and more of it is, is it in his head or is it real? And in the end, they don't do like a fine balance of it or anything. In the end, you're just like, fuck it. It could all be in his head. None of it can be in his head. You can pick what's in his head. That guy over there can pick what's real and is in his head. And I get, you know, some movies, you don't need all the answers. You don't need every box ticked. But as I'm watching it, I'm like, so you're telling me pick and, it, it's my own pick and choose adventure of the Joker, what it is. And in the end, they make Thomas Wayne, uh, Bruce's father, like a dick in it. And at no point, like, should anybody be rallying behind the Joker? You know what I mean? I, Joaquin Phoenix does a, does a good job of doing some really creepy stuff. I think the biggest mistake was literally slapping the Joker on it and making it, you know, like, cause it doesn't fit any thing. And I'm fine with that because I like the idea of the Joker, not even remembering his own origin. So you could do a million Joker movies and I'd be fine with it. But this one just wasn't good as far as I was concerned. Okay. Now I'm going to tread real lightly with this part. But I'm also going to say, at this point, spoilers. Okay. Okay. So I know what happens in the movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. Partially because I've seen Taxi Driver, and I've also seen King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Much better movies that this allegedly cribs from. And I say allegedly only because I haven't seen the movie. But from what I understand, that's a lot of what this movie kind of cribs itself from. Now, you would also mention about um, being a not reliable narrator. I know there's a whole subplot that's maybe teased in the trailers or not. I haven't seen every trailer for this. I think I saw the first trailer and I'm like, okay, this isn't doing it for me. Right. Uh, But he has a relationship with a woman. Question mark, yes. That is later turned out to be all in his head. Yes, and that is the one thing as I'm watching the movie, I'm like, there's no way he's with this woman. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, either this is 
the relationship is fake or she's straight up fake because it literally starts the, the, the relationship starts with her. Like he, he does see her on the elevator and she lives in his building. And then after that, everything is fake. It's literally, it shows him in a scene, like stalking her, like following her. And when she kind of turns around, he turns around. So, you know, it's like, Oh, like I wasn't. And the next scene you see her, she's like, were you following me this morning or the other day? And he's like, you know, guilty as charged and he gets charming and everything. And then they end up dating. I'm like, no fucking relationship has ever started with the kooky guy who lives down the hall in the shitty apartment building stalking someone and goes, Hey, why don't we date? I'm like, this is so like telegraphing that it's not real or she's fake. So when they reveal it, I'm like, yeah, this was, you know, 45 minutes of my life. I'll never get back with that storyline or part of it. I mean, so, I understand Joaquin Phoenix's performance is good in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm maybe the only person I like. I I had no desire to see it. And as it was getting closer, as like the opening weekend came out, and a lot of other people had seen it, I was seeing wildly varying opinions on it. I was seeing a lot of people saying that they loved it, mm-hmm. and I was seeing a lot of people saying. That they liked parts of it, but hated most of it. And then I was starting to see more and more people say they didn't like it. Right. And I've got enough market research on this Mm -hmm. to be able to tell that the folks that I typically line up agreeing with more often are the ones that are saying that they didn't like it. Right. Like I said, there was brilliant scenes... There was. There was a few scenes that I really liked. The one thing that I do like is these days, and like Nolan did it and some other stuff, is the the director does a great job of making the town look shitty. Like Gotham is a shithole. And I like that because all the times you see Gotham in a lot of stuff, it's like, hey, you know this? There's a garbage strike, so there's garbage everywhere, and the city's like a powder keg because of the garbage strike. And I'm like... Yeah, this is like really cool. And then like other things, I'm like, there's no reason to make uh, Thomas Wayne the bad guy in this. And once again, you can go unreliable narrator. It's all in his head. And I'm just like, yep, no, you know, it's too much. There's there's too much going on. But I, I saw it because two of my friends wanted to see it. We went out to dinner afterwards. I was like, you know, it kills a day for me. So, Right. Uh, now, the other thing I wanted to mention about this was did you see the David Harbour Saturday Night Live parody of this? Yes, and after seeing the movie, I fucking cracked up at it because they, whoever you know, did the parody didn't just watch the trailer, they watched the movie, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I almost pissed my pants. I'm like the Oscar Oscar trailer from SNL is a fucking thousand times better than the movie. And that's probably the best thing that's been on Saturday Night Live in many years. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've watched. I mean, I've seen some good skits, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even know what. I know you go back to, what is it, the snake or whatever it is, riding the snake. That The pinnacle, yeah, when um, Jim Carrey was on, I think, to promote the Truman Show. Mm-hmm. And he did Jimmy Tango's Fat Busters. Right. 
where uh, his secret is is you wear a vibrating heat bead suit mm-hmm. and do a bunch of crystal meth. And again, not a lot of folks were doing crystal meth jokes back in 1996. Mm-hmm. And uh, essentially, he's like all manic and he's crazy. And then there's like a scanners joke. And that he says that his team is constantly working on new formulas in a shack that's constantly on the move to keep you want to keep us one step ahead of the law and you one step of ahead of like, you know, some sort of joke about being fat or whatever it is. Right. right. And it was one of those like last 30 minute skits of uh, Saturday Night Live. So it was like, oh, we don't even care anymore, you know, whatever. But that's when like you cannot find that one online, you know, isolated because that's a classic. Um, I I never really saw that one, but I stand by, and I know it probably have to be after the Jim Carrey one is any time, and I I got a whole new respect from when Justin Timberlake was ever on Saturday Night Live, I'd stop and watch because he did a few skits that I just saw randomly, and I just thought they were fucking hysterical. He has like a timing and a like just a presence about him that I'm like, you know what? We've got a whole new respect for Justin Timberlake. Uh, I was never like, you know, what was he? Who was he in sync or Backstreet Boys? I don't even know. Um, but one of those never, you know, liked the music or whatever, but just comedy. He knows his shit, man. He was an in sync. Okay. But now I was completely checked out by that time. I think that was during like the dick in a box era of Saturday Night Live. Yeah, and that's not even the best thing I'm talking about. Like, that's like they, they he did some bits where uh he was they were these two like uh what, like characters promoting businesses and they would just compete out in front of these businesses and one guy'd be like for a pizza place and he'd be for another pizza place but because he could sing and dance he just like he just run the other guy's dick into the ground doing it you know he's like you're not going to compete with me and it was pretty funny but dick in a box i think is is the one everybody will always remember right. but it's like the least like to me, that's that's the least funny thing that he was doing on the show, but it became the most famous. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, well, we have more pressing matters because next week is Al's gals. Yes, they come around so fast. They do. I forget how the schedule works, and when technically a Friday is the beginning of a new month, which moves things up quicker. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's it's calendar, how a calendar works, Joe. Mm-hmm. That gets you confused every time. It certainly does. So this time, we're going to be taking a little bit of a different slant on this. And by that, I mean, we are going to be watching not one, but two, at the time, unaired episodes of a TV show. Thinking outside the box. Right. So... You know, the Al's gals are backdoor pilots. You know, it's like, hey, we introduced this new thing. And then the way that it's supposed to work is the following episode of the following week. Or in the case of Walker, Texas Ranger, maybe like what, a full like season and a half later. That's right. Uh, Strike when the iron's cold, as we always say. Right. So... That's the way that these things are supposed to work. And that was the plan going forward with The Greatest American Hero, a a show I fondly remember from my childhood, a a show uh, that many people remember 
the theme song from. One of the more memorable theme songs of all time. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sing it now because I'm not that person. I don't have that range to hit those notes, right? That's right. You're not you're not Walker singer range, you know. No. So the plan was in the middle of a shortened season for, or at the end of a shortened season for, uh, Greatest American Hero. They were going to have an episode entitled "Greatest American Heroine." Not- and now they were going to flip things on its head, and it was going to be a lady as the greatest American hero. Right. Not to be confused with the drug. Right. The greatest American heroine. Something else. But that yeah, was- I don't remember them doing that because it never aired. Right. Because it never aired. So the plan is to do this. It was episodes 13 into 14 where this was supposed to happen. And it gets canceled with episode 9. Mm-hmm. Because so, things were that bad. I'm not really sure. But when DVD box sets become a thing, uh, they re- they release those previously heretofore unseen episodes of Greatest American Hero, and they get us the uh, last one. Now, the Greatest American Heroine. Now, unless I'm mistaken, I don't think Greatest American Heroine is on the DVD sets that are in print. Okay, I remember reading somewhere that they were at one point. Right, okay, at one point. So there was, and I'm, and again, I just know that in our search for these sort of things, and Greatest American Heroes on a bunch of different streaming services, even the unreleased episodes are on a bunch of different streaming services, except for Greatest American Heroine. Mm-hmm. There's some reason that got pulled. There's some reason that's tough to find. There's some reason you're watching it through a link to a page on Facebook. (laughs) Only the best for our listeners. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, you could find the uh, final. We'll we'll include a link, of course, in the show notes with this uh, to both of these. And uh, the episode of American Greatest American Hero uh, is called Vanity Says the Preacher. Uh, the synopsis of this looks to be this is the aliens coming back to to get their technology. And are we taking for granted that people know what the greatest American hero is? Yes, I think we are greatly taking you know for granted that they know what greatest American heroes. I don't know if the kids today would know about it, right? Even, though Even was... like when kids today, like people less than your eyes age, right? Is, and that's anyone who's like from sixteen to forty. Mm-hmm. That lucrative group that everyone covets. Yes. But so the the plot of this is it's a it's a school teacher who stumbles upon a suit, a superhero suit from an alien, and uh, the suit is to imbue him with superpowers. Yes. But wouldn't you know who won the pony? Is it that he doesn't read or he misplaces the instruction manual for how it works? He loses the instruction manual. And also when he gets the suit, there's a secret agent that's with him. Okay. And they end up, he ends up using, the secret agent ends up using the teacher. I think because the suit imprints on him oh, okay. or something. I don't remember exactly. Um, and he uses him. He's like, well, you know, you got to work for America. And thus adventures ensue. Is that Robert Culp who plays the secret agent? Yep. Had breakfast with him at a New York Comic Con once. Oh, really? Yes. We were staying at the same shithole hotel near 
the Javits, and I mean shithole, right? Like, uh, and I, we ended up, they had one like a continental breakfast or whatever. And I ended up coming downstairs, but they had real New York bagels, Joe. So I'm in, I'm fucking all in on that. And he got his little breakfast and he's getting ready to go to the show and sign autographs and get photo ops. This was be- this is when they had actors like this, like Robert Culp level of fame, getting like autographs and photo ops. Um, they didn't even have photo ops. It was just like 10 bucks at his table with your own camera kind of a deal. And he had his breakfast. I had mine. There was nowhere to sit. And he ended up like, hey, champ, like there's a seat here. And I ended up sitting with him when we had breakfast. And he like didn't talk. He had like a fucking like a a tablet of stuff that he was looking through. Like, you know, probably, you know, because he was swamped with work at the time, looking through his options or whatever. But we ate breakfast. I said goodbye. And we went our separate ways. It was one of the greatest moments of my life, Joe. He says, hey, champ. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, I haven't re I haven't revisited this show in you know thirty plus years. Mm-hmm. I've never seen the uh, the the aborted re re uh, reimagining of the character as a woman, as mm-hmm. the lead as a woman. I know there's been discussions of doing uh, like reboots of this many many times, and I'm surprised in today's superhero heavy day and age that they haven't redone this. I remember at maybe that same con that I had breakfast with Robert Colt, my claim to fame, um, William Catt was there who plays the greatest American hero. And he was writing a comic about, I think he was writing a greatest American hero comic or whatever. And he was actually talking about the reboot that they were going to do. And it was going to be years later. Like, there have been many starts and stops that I know for a fact with the greatest American hero. And I'm like, I'm shocked, shocked that nothing's come up recently. And maybe it has to do with the, the fact that the greatest American heroines on Facebook, there's some legal wrangling that they can't do it. I, I don't know. And whether it be a reboot or just someone lift the uh, idea whole cloth and not credit anyone, which, you know, you could do that too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll be looking forward to watching these two episodes. And like I said, they'll be in the show notes, of course, uh, when this episode comes out on Friday as you're listening to this. Unless you're a patron at the $5 level, uh, you get these episodes two days before everyone else. And at the dollar level, of course, you get the uh, old episodes that Todd and I did, a uh, comic book show, Three Guys from Nowhere, with our buddy DJ. I'm putting those out on Thursday, just because then that lines up a little bit more closely day and date to like 10 years to the day of when we did the episodes. Oh, I was going to complain, but then you would tell me to do it, so do what you want, Joe. That's right. And uh, I don't know, I haven't put the, uh, maybe tonight's the night where I put the uh, the stretch goal or whatever the hell it is, like the one-time $40 thing where you pay to have Raven uh do a cameo for us and do the opening of the show. And he can mention your name in that opening. Right. Right. That would be awesome. Not that this show needs any more goddamn production elements Mm -hmm. and shit for me to edit in. Right. (laughs) I enjoy it. It gives our show a matter like a, uh, like an air of production. Of production, like, right? Like we have a value of production, not yes. production values, but a production value, right? We have one. 
And there's a whole thing uh, that I was going to do with this because this would be the only show where it makes sense to fit it in. But then I would it's a it would be a whole thing that I'd have to explain to you. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where like it's in my head, right? Mm-hmm. And I want to do it just to be like part of the whatever, right? Right. And now see, okay, so this is my way of explaining it. And maybe and then like I think about it, I'm like oh, and then I have to explain to Todd why I'm doing this. Okay. And then I think about it in my head, and I'm like, it's really fucking stupid. I love stupid, Joe. Okay. I'll try to make this as short as possible. If you're bored, or if you feel it's going on too long, cut me off at any time. Okay. One of the many podcasts that I listen to is Who Are These Podcasts? Where they uh, take a podcast, you know, varying qualities, varying whatever's, and they... uh, Carl likes to say that they're roasting the podcast, but they're really just like ripping these these things apart, right? Right. You've told me about this before, so yes, I remember. Okay, so they've done things in the past where they kind of rally the fan base. There's this one guy who is, uh, he's got like six different fake names. I don't know what that's like. <laughs> and he does 20 different podcasts. They're all terrible, uh, ranging from him talking about what his neighbor's doing to reviewing movies that he hasn't seen uh, and things of that nature. So Carl said, okay, this is the main show. Everybody go on iTunes and give the show a five-star review. But in the five-star review, say how shitty the show is. Right. It'll really mess with the guy. And it did. And the guy released, like, three podcasts in one day where it may have sounded like he was having a nervous breakdown. (laughs) Okay. So Carl had to call the dogs off. Right. So then Carl moved on to Stuttering John. You know who Stuttering John is? Yes. Wasn't he on Stern? He was on Stern. He was the announcer of The Tonight Show. Yeah, I don't Uh, know if he he still is. is. No, he's not still. No, I mean on Stern. No, he hasn't been on Stern forever. Oh, he should probably look like, up. Well, he left in, I think, like 2002 or 2003 to go be the announcer on The Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. And it was a whole to-do on the air, right? So John leaves. John's doing a podcast. John had a thing last year where he tried to get some... He prank called Trump, and he got through to Trump. But he really said nothing to Trump, right? Mm-hmm. And he had this like kind of like lightning in a bottle, and he did nothing with it. And his podcast is terrible, right? It's a lot of just talking about like how great his life was in the eighties and early nineties. So uh, Carl, like, Re- what was it? Good. So it's just like my life. That's the best years. But go right. ahead. So Carl rags on him, and of course John people snitch tag this back to John. John threatens legal action against Carl, oh, saying God. that. I'm going to sue you because you're using clips of my show on your show without my permission. John's co-host tries to explain to him that, you know, in the fair use and parody and so on and so forth, that he could use it. And John says, no, uh, you know, John also threatens physical violence against him. Uh, John says, no, I'm going to sue him and actually did have him served with papers all while John is playing clips of current Howard Stern show and ragging on how bad Howard's show is now, not seeing the irony in what he's saying. So this past week, Carl says, if any of my listeners out there do a podcast, I'm going to send out a bank of clips of John's show. 
I want you to put a clip of John in your show and tweet it at John. So that's what you want to do? You want to put... I don't know. We talked about it. So now I'm on the hook to whether or not I'm going to do it or not. Okay. The whole thing sounds stupid to me and a lot of work, right? Right. So, But how much work would it be for me? Zero. Then but let's it would be, do it. Okay, but it might be a bunch of questions that you have to answer as to why there's this random clip of stuttering John at the end of your podcast. Do you know how I would answer those questions? How? I would say see Joe Sposto. Ah, okay. And thus making it, that would be the minimum amount of work I'd like to do. So okay. that's perfect. That's, I'm, I'm fine with that. Do it or don't do it. Because you know what? I won't know till, till someone asks me. Okay. Because I don't go back and re-listen to the shows. So it'll be like stuttering John's. Oh, that's right. Joe did that thing. See Joe. Okay, so I'm going to put it at the end of the show. Like, we're going to, I'm going to wrap up. You know, I mentioned the Patreon. I'm going to mention longboxheroes.com, um, Amazon link at the top of the page. And then right before we do the uh, Soon to Be Named Network sign off, I'll throw just a random clip of John from his show so that when this show goes live on the public feed, mm-hmm. uh, I'm going to tweet it at John and say, hey, we used a clip of your show in our show. Right. Do you need to borrow my ringtone maker? No, clip, no, I, clip could, the... I, could, I could whack this one out. Yeah. Okay, just making sure. So I think that'll be it for this week. Uh, everyone's assignment is those two, two episodes of Greatest American Hero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Uh, episode 256 of Longbox Heroes After Dark in the books. <laughs> Thanks for listening. And, uh, we'll see you Jay, I don't know week. if he was kidding or not, but we were in the in the NBC van coming back from a jaywalking that I uh, that I wrote. And then he was like, yeah, just a fucking, you know, just a thing this already. You're listening to the soon to be named network. The Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.